0: Thank you, Father Paul. My official title is Reverend. I prefer Janice, um, but if you really need to call me Mother, I would like like Mother Superior, or you know Reverend Mother, or Your Holiness, who must be obeyed. You know, any of those work great for me. So it's up to you. <laughs> Let's start with Psalm one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. I want to begin today talking about change. When change happens, we have to change. We have to make some kind of a shift. There's always some movement that's required of us when we have shame in our or when we have change in our lives. Sometimes it's a physical shift. Sometimes it's an internal shift. We have to shift our heart. We have to sh- shift our mind or our attitude. The changes of season, whether they're a literal season or a season in our life, requires us to make some adjustments and to make some changes. The world changes a little when your favorite restaurant closes. I had one across the street from my office. I could get there in a minute. They always had my iced tea. They always had my bagel. The manager loved me, and it went out of business. Two years it's been out of business. I still miss it at least once a week. I had to make a change. Having a new baby or losing a loved one requires a lot of change. Your child becoming more independent creates change for them and for you. Change is an ongoing part of our lives, but it still unsettles us a little bit. We still feel a little unsteady when change occurs. Sometimes we try to force to keep things the same because we don't want change. We do that sometimes with family traditions. You know, many years ago, I used to love hiding Easter eggs and having my children do an Easter egg hunt. It was one of the favorite things about Easter. So after Easter lunch, we'd send the kids upstairs, and Brent and I would hide all the eggs. I had a whole process in how we did it. Then we would call them down, and they'd hunt the eggs. Well, at one point, they decided they were too old to hunt Easter eggs. And I remember very clearly saying to the older kids, you guys, Haley is only 10. You hunted Easter eggs when you were 10. So we need to keep this tradition going. To which Preston, my oldest son, said, You know, Mom, I'm 20. And if you keep up with that logic, and we keep doing this, then when Haley's 20, I'll be 30, and we'll still be hunting for Easter eggs. And you'll go, Well, you hunted when you were 20. So some things have to change. We can't help it. Sometimes we change and let go of things that we shouldn't. When you move across town and you don't like the gym that's over here quite as well, so you just quit exercising. Or you move away from church and it's just easier not to go because it takes a while to get there. I think one of the big dangers of the pandemic is that it's getting more comfortable for people not to go to church. We're staying away from other people. And so we're forgetting that we really need community. We really need to join together with other believers. Everything in our life changes, except, it seems, our life in the pandemic. It feels like we are in the movie Groundhog Day, doing the same thing over and over. It's hard to know what day of the week it is. It's hard to know what month it is. But remember 2020? Remember when we said, if we can just put 2020 behind us and get to 2021, everything's going to be so much better. Does January seem like it's been long to you guys, or is it just me? This has been a long time. I'm calling this, this is my official title, The Winter of Our Discontent. I stole it from a Steinbeck novel, but this is the winter of our discontent. It's cold, but there's no snow. It's dark. We've been having a lot of dark, dreary, cold days. And if you look out in the yard and you see the plants in the bushes, they're brown and they look dead. And there's like some sticks that are just sticking out of the ground that used to be plants. It's hard. I'm hearing discontent from people every day in my office and it sounds something like this. I am tired of the pandemic. I'm looking for comfort, something to soothe me, but I'm tired of Netflix, Amazon, Apple, Disney, and Hulu. I'm tired of them all. I want comfort food, but I'm tired of getting food delivered because it's always cold. Besides, I'm tired of all the restaurants. My favorite one went out of business. I'm tired of trying to come up with something new to cook. I'm tired of ordering groceries online. I like to read but I'm tired of fiction books, but I'm too tired or restless or bored to read any serious books. I'm tired of being lonely, but I'm too tired and it's scary to reach out to somebody. I don't want to clean out any more closets. I don't want to organize anything else. I want to go to movies, restaurants. I want to have a party. I want to go on a trip. I want friends. That's what I'm hearing day in and day out. We're living in a time of being stuck in the middle. Father Paul last week said we're in a liminal space, kind of the already not yet. There's hope for the future. The numbers are coming down. It's, it's looking good. Some of us are getting vaccines. And the strange thing is we're not there yet, and we're not going to be there We actually want change right now. Even people who don't want change, we want change right now. We want things to be different. But we're not there yet. We're stuck waiting. We feel stuck in the winter of our discontentment. And we can kind of relate to those brown sticks that are just sticking out of the ground that look bare and dry. From that perspective, if we look at that, things look pretty bleak. But I think this is discouraging and hopeless because we only see things on the surface of our lives, just like we're only seeing the top of the plants. Seasonal depression is common every winter, when it's dark, when the days are shorter. It's really common for people to go into depression, some more than others. But this isn't like any winter that we have ever had. We can't allow the barrenness around us to reach down to our roots. What's on the surface doesn't negate the life that is underneath the surface. On the surface, our plants look dead, but the roots are there, and they're still growing, even if it's cold and dark. We can't forget that our life is not about what's pretty and showy on the surface. It's about the roots that we have underneath. It's where we're growing underneath we have to remember that we are rooted and grounded in Christ, and Christ alone. Not our country, not our family, not our friendships, not our loved ones, not our accomplishments, not in the things we own, the adventures we have, and not in the things that we use to amuse ourselves. In God alone is our strength, our hope, our sustenance, our stability It's not in ourselves or what we can do. We have this crazy idea, and we think that if I can just think long enough and talk to people long enough, I can figure out what's going on in the world and what's happening. I can't figure it out. This is a crazy season that we're in. And yet, I know God. And I know that he is going to get us through this season, and everything will end up okay. God sees things that we don't see and he is always working for all of our good we can go through this winter this long last stretch of the pandemic just barely making it and we'll get through it we'll get to the other side but if we continue just getting by just kind of holding our breath until spring comes We're going to miss so much of what God wants to do in our lives and so much stability that He wants to build into us and give us roots. So, what do you do when it looks like there's nothing to do? When it looks like things are pretty dead in our lives? When spring seems so far away and you are getting so tired of winter? What do we do in our winter of discontent? We be still. And rest in him. I love the song that we sing Be still, my soul, and rest in him. The waves and winds still know his name. Be still in God. Psalms 131 says, I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. We went to our daughter's house yesterday because my grandson had his first birthday. And he would play on the toys, and he was so cute, climbing around things and playing on things. And then after a little bit, he'd go over and reach his arms up to his mom, and she'd pick him up, and he'd nuzzle his little face into her her neck, and he'd start sucking his thumb. He didn't sleep. He was just totally content because his trust was in mom. She would always take care of him. Let's not allow the pessimism and despair around us to take root in us. Always remember our rootedness in Christ. Be still and find satisfaction in him. We don't have to have all the answers to all that's going on. We just have to remember that he's good. And we have to remember all the good that he has done for us. Look back on your life. Look at the times that God has shown up for you. Look when He has provided for you, when He's been there in the times that you really, really needed Him. We all can tell a story of God's goodness in our lives. Write it down. Keep track of all the wonderful things He has done and go over those over and over and over again so you're reminded of His goodness, not just overall, but His goodness in your own life. I know that He'll get us through because I've seen His goodness in my life. Even in the bleak, dark times of grief, God has been there for me. Even when I didn't feel Him, even when I didn't sense He was there, He was there. He's there in all parts of our lives. I know God. In fact, I've realized this month, 49 years ago, I accepted Jesus into my heart. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he took on flesh, he took on humanity, and he lived among us. He went to the cross, he was betrayed, wounded, broken, the Son of God humiliated, and actually feeling that humiliation, the pain, the grief, and the betrayal. He did that for us. He who did not spare his own Son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also graciously give us all things? We find satisfaction and hope when we focus on the good. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. That's from Lamentations. And as you know, Lamentations is a dark book. It is a really dark book. This is one of the only passages of hope in the entire book. It doesn't deny that there is pain and that there are hard things, but it also reminds us that God's character is good. God is love, and he has good for us all. Be still and let God break through. We're living in a wilderness time, and some some of you may feel like your heart has gotten cold and hard. You feel like you don't feel anything from God anymore. You're frozen. Be still. Let him break up those frozen places in your heart. Ask him to come in and melt the things that are hard so that you can connect with him again. If you're at a place where you feel like, I can't even ask him to break up those places of my heart, ask him to make you willing to ask him to break up those places. It's even okay to ask him to make you willing to be willing to ask him. Just turn towards him in this. Our roots are growing underneath, whether we see it or not. We don't see them, but we're going to come out of this with something. God doesn't cause pain, but he never wastes pain. We can grow in the midst of pain and difficult circumstances. Proverbs 29, 18 says, without a vision, the people perish. Some versions say, without a vision, the people cast off restraint and say, why bother? We're kind of in the why bother stage of the pandemic. So why bother? Because spring is going to come. We're not going to be here forever. And if we want to grow, if we want to live life to the fullest, we have to do something. We have a pretty large yard, and I love flowers. I love to get them from the nursery. I love to plant them. I love to look at them. I don't really love watering them or weeding around them. But fortunately, I married Brent, and so he does that for me. (laughs) And at some point in the winter or early spring, Brent always goes out. And he cleans up the leaves that are stuck in those bushes and the sticks that are sticking up. Sometimes you get a Walmart bag that goes in there or a grocery receipt that's all stuck in all of those sticks. Brent goes out and cleans those up to prepare for spring. Netflix is getting old right now, so we need to do something to prepare for spring. We need to do some healthy internal work. We have to clean out some junk that's accumulated in our lives. That's stuff that wastes our mental and emotional energy. Forgive those that you need to forgive. That's not an easy or quick process. We rehearse some of our wounds over and over and over again in our brain. And we need to say, Lord, help me let this go. Help me release this. Help me if it takes every hour, every day, whatever it takes. Help me to release this offense and let it go so I don't have to carry this any longer. Forgive yourself and clean out old memories that are painful. We don't just forgive others. A lot of times we have trouble forgiving ourselves. One time when Haley was about seven, my youngest daughter when she was about seven, we were driving in the car and she goes, Mama? I still really feel bad about that thing in ballet. And I was like, what thing in ballet? She said, you know, the time that I got mixed up and I didn't know where to go and I went out on the stage and all those big girls were dancing out there? Because I still feel really bad when I think about that. I said, Haley, you were three. (laughs) And it was a rehearsal. It wasn't even a recital. You don't have to feel bad about that. I'm your mom, and I didn't even remember it till you said something. I would have remembered it if it was something bad. You don't have to hold on to that any longer. Let it go. Besides, you were really cute when you did that. But let it go. About 15 years ago, I had a man that came into my office for counseling. And we introduced ourselves. And we came in, and we sat down. And he said, um, I'm sure you know who I am. And I was like, uh, no, I'm sorry, I don't. I'm sure your husband has told you about me. I'm, I'm sorry, no, it's not ringing any bells. Uh, ORU, devotions. Sorry. I said, okay, well, when I was in school at ORU, I went to a devotions where your husband was speaking, and I had really bad gas. And he said, I have felt so embarrassed and ashamed of that. And so I have to be honest, even when I've seen you guys in stores or in public or whatever, I just avoid you because I felt so bad about it. So I went home and I asked Brent, I said, do you remember a devotion in the dorm? Do you remember this happening? And Brent's like, I have no idea what he's talking about. It's long gone. Here was this poor, sweet, wonderful man carrying this with him for years. At that point, we had graduated 25 years before that, and he carried it with him for years. What's some of the junk that you have in your life? What are some painful memories? What are some sins that you know you're forgiven of, but they just keep coming back again and you feel horrible? Release those to God. Let those go. All those do is take a lot of your energy. Your emotional energy gets drained from all of those old, junky things that are there. Stir up the soil of your heart and get nourishment. In this season of all seasons, we really need to be fed. For those of you that aren't coming, that are online, come to church sometime with live people, It's nice to see people in person that are live. You can sit way back in the far corner. You don't have to sit close to anybody. Just come and see people. But when we're in a dark time in our lives, we don't want to see people. We want to hide. And besides, if I go to church, it might feel really awkward. We have trouble making changes. Do it anyway. Prepare for spring. You belong to the family of God. Nobody really ever died of awkward. You can get through this. Break some of your not-so-good habits, like constantly checking your news feed or social media. Procrastination has been a huge problem during this stage of the pandemic. I'm hearing it over and over again. So do something. Do the daily office. If you have a read-through-the-Bible in a year Bible, pull it out. You don't have to read the whole thing. Read something to give yourself some life and energy. Start a Bible study. Do it with friends. You can do it online, but you do it. Don't wait for somebody else to have that idea. You do it. You be proactive and do it. Even if you don't want to, even if it feels awkward, even if it feels weird, we prepare for spring, so do it anyway. Practice spiritual disciplines, contemplative prayer, Lectio Divina, maybe journaling your prayers. Make a collage of where you feel like you're at in your life right now. Anything to get some of these things stirred up in your life. If you don't know how to start with spiritual disciplines, I really recommend the old, old book by Richard Foster, Celebration of Discipline. That'll give you some, a beginning place to start. We do these things Even when we don't feel like it, because we know that spring is coming. During the pandemic, we've been looking so much at things we can't do that we forget some of the things that we can do. And we've given up some things that were a normal part of our lives that we could still do now if we put the effort and the energy into it. I used to be a runner. I hope to be again again one day, but I can tell you there are so many reasons not to run. I'm telling you, I ran for years, and I would go every day outside, and I would go, oh, it's too hot out to run today. It's too cold to run today. Oh, it's so windy. How can I run when it's this windy? Or, oh, there's no wind. I have to have some breeze. I'm going to get way too hot if I don't have some kind of breeze. This course that I go on, it's so flat. Oh, that hill is coming up. And that's just too hilly for me. I can't possibly do that. I do a treadmill, but they're so boring. I can't do that. I'm starting to run, but my knee is hurting. Oh, now it's my ankle. I have a crick in my neck. It's probably not good for me to run because I have this crick in my neck, and it might hurt something. (laughs) I'm too old to run. Why am I out here? I'm too tired. I'm too anxious. I don't think I can run because I'm way too anxious. Besides, my shoes feel weird. (laughs) And aren't there a whole lot of other things that I should be doing? This may be wasting time. What am I doing? But anyone who runs will tell you all you have to do is push through the first mile. And then you feel great. Then you come home and go, yes, I just ran and you feel awesome. Coming out of the pandemic, it's going to be hard to get started back in life again. Do it now. Go ahead and push through the first mile. Do some of the things that you can do to stir up your life and get ready for what's ahead. Reconnect with people and with God. Prepare the ground of your heart for spring, because just as the night turns to day, winter will turn to spring. So what if you don't feel like doing anything? Just show up. Be there. Don't wait until you have the energy or the motivation to do it, or you're not going to do it. Remember, though, we stir up the soil, but God does the hard work. John 15 says, we're branches, he's the vine. All we have to do is get in connection with him and let him work through us, let him flow through us. That's where the, the fruit comes from. We can't will fruit in our lives. We can't will growth to happen. I, I told Brent, it's, it's kind of like um, when you have a middle school son that plays basketball, and he really wants to be in the NBA, but he's 5'2", you can't will growth, son, You just can't. That comes from God. But in our lives now, we get in position so that we can receive from God. It's not our will. It's not our strength. In Zechariah, we read, Not by strength or by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Be open to the Holy Spirit in your life. Welcome him in. Let him work in you and through you. Let him stir up some of the things that have become dead and dormant in your life. I want to end this with a story from Henry Allen. He tells a story of meeting some trapeze artists. When the circus came to Free- Freeburg two years ago, my friends Franz and Rennie invited me and my father to see the show. I'll never forget how enraptured I was when I first saw the Rodleys moving through the air, flying and catching as elegant dancers. The next day, I returned to the circus to see them again and introduced myself to them as one of their great fans. They invited me to attend their practice sessions, gave me free tickets, asked me to dinner, and suggested I travel with them for a week in the near future. I did, and we became good friends. One day, I was sitting with Rodley, the leader of the troop in his caravan, talking about flying. He said, As a flyer, I must have complete trust in my catcher. The public may think that I'm the great star of the trapeze, but the real star is Joe, my catcher. He has to be there for me with split second precision and grab me out of the air as I come to him in the long jump. How does it work, I ask. The secret, Rodley said, is that the flyer does nothing, and the catcher does everything. When I fly to Joe, I have simply to stretch out my arms and hands and wait for him to catch me and pull me safely over the apron behind the catch bar. You do nothing, I said, surprised. Nothing, Rodley repeated the worst the flyer can do is to try to catch the catcher i'm not supposed to catch joe it's joe's task to catch me if i grab joe's wrist i might break them if he grabbed my wrist he would break them and that would be the end for both of us a flyer must fly and a catcher must catch and the flyer must trust with outstretched arms that his catcher will be there for him Don't be afraid. Remember that you are the beloved child of God. He will be there when you make the long jump. Don't try to grab him. He will grab you. Just stretch out your arms and your hands and trust, trust, trust. As we get ready for spring, God is saying, my child, reach out your arms. Trust the catcher.